Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese-Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lonre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice but don't want to be overwhelmed? Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. On this episode, we go skin deep, literally. We're talking about how to take care of your skin during the summer months. Do we need to moisturize as much in the summer? What are the best ways to prevent sunburns in kids? And how do we choose the best option in a drugstore aisle full of different types of insect repellents? We've got you covered. Hey, Lise, staying cool over there? Hey, Lon. There is no doubt that summer has arrived, and Mm -hmm. I hear you summer lovers out there are enjoying all the extra time outdoors. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Yeah. As as you may remember, Lisa is a winter lover. (laughs) Yes. To my fellow winter lovers out there, let us unite. (laughs) Are are they out there? Are are there others? (laughs) Bizarre. (laughs) I'm I'm sure you're out there, my brothers and sisters. Please reach out to Lisa. Let her know she's not alone. I question info mark. at hippocratichost.com. Right. <laughs> you know, but the great thing about the summer right now, at least, and since we're fully vaccinated, I don't know about you, but I've been wearing a mask less often, especially outside. You know, the problem is, though, now I'm reminded of all the dryness and the mask knee. Like mask acne <laughs> that I've developed over the pandemic. Like it's it's not it's not pretty. I oh I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm with you. And exposing more skin means that we're more susceptible to skin injury from the sun mm-hmm. and more susceptible to insect bites. Yep. And it's so important to take care of our skin. It's our body's largest organ and it protects all of our internal organs from trauma, infection, and what can sometimes be a pretty harsh environment. But Our skin takes a beating over time, and especially in this hot weather, doesn't it? Yes, for sure. So let's talk first about basic skincare that might need extra attention during the summer. So first up, moisturizing. You know, it's helpful always to know, uh, you know, to start by knowing the anatomy of the skin. So the stratum corneum is the top layer of the skin, which protects the deeper layers, and therefore everything inside your body, from harmful chemicals and from getting too dry. It keeps out the stuff that you don't want in your body and keeps in the hydration that you need. But as you go about your day, the stratum corneum loses moisture and becomes less effective. So moisturizing with creams is part of skin protection. But, you know, no one wants to add cream to their skin when it's hot outside and you're sweating. (laughs) But, you know, contrary to popular belief, we actually need more moisturizing in summer than in winter. So just look for moisturizers that are light and are labeled non-comedogenic, meaning they don't cause acne. And also hydrate from the inside. That means drinking water and eating fruits. Yeah. And if you have dry skin, moisturizing is especially important for you. Also in the summer, you know, keep your showers shorter than you would during more temperate times and avoid taking long, hot showers as you're actually washing off the protective oils from your skin. Aww. This is really hard for me. I love like the long, hot <laughs> shower. 
then you walk out and you're like a prune. So it's not great for the summer months. Darn. <laughs> now, if you have oily skin, you're probably already using a cleanser made for oily skin. So consider stepping it up and exfoliating a few days a week to remove the dead skin cells and sweat that accumulate even more in the summer. One example is you can use alpha hydroxy acid or AHA pads, but those can make skin more sensitive to light. So definitely always use sunscreen in conjunction. So that takes us to the next topic. We are going to talk about two major summer skin issues, sunburns and bug bites. So first with sunburns, how exactly does a sunburn happen? Simply, it's when your skin burns from too much ultraviolet or UV light from the sun or from an artificial light source like tanning beds. So we should all avoid excessive sun exposure, even if you don't burn, because just being in the sun for too long can increase your risk of skin cancer. So here are some startling statistics from a website, skincancer.org. Did you know that skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States and worldwide? Also, one in five Americans will develop skin cancer by the age of 70. One in five. I know. And more than two people die of skin cancer in the the U.S. every hour. And this is pretty scary if you've had sunburns before. Having just five or more sunburns in your life doubles your risk for melanoma. That is pretty sobering. You know, your body tries to protect itself against UV light by creating more melanin on the outer layer of the skin, which is what what causes a tan. But the melanin can only protect you so much, and then you end up getting a burn. And yes, people of all skin shades can get a sunburn, and you can get a sunburn on a cloudy day. Surfaces like water and sand reflect the sun, which is why you're even more likely to burn at the beach or the pool during the summer. So what's the best way to protect yourself? Well, first of all, we all need to be thoughtful about how we choose and use sunscreen. So the sunscreen that you select should say broad spectrum. That means that it protects against both UVA and UVB rays. Next, mineral sunscreens with ingredients like zinc oxide or titanium dioxide are more highly recommended than chemical sunscreens. Mineral products block the UV rays and can be more effective, while chemical products work by absorbing the rays. The downside to mineral sunscreens is that since they sit on top of the skin, they often leave a visible white layer, that white cast. But honestly, we think it's worth it for the protection. Mm -hmm. Next, make sure that you get an SPF of 30 or higher on all skin that is exposed to the sun. Between 30 and 50 is fine, but above SPF of 50 probably does not give you a lot of extra protection, so you don't need to spend the extra money. When you're applying the sunscreen, don't forget your ears, the back of your neck, the tops of your feet, your hands and shoulders. Remember that sunscreen needs a little time to absorb into the skin, so apply it 15 to 20 minutes before going outside. Remember too, this is always hard once you're into having fun at the beach or the pool, that you need to reapply every two hours. Mm -hmm. It's important to get into this habit early because of course kids don't wanna stop what they're doing, but if you make it a non-negotiable, then eventually it just becomes part of the routine. And then consider a combination moisturizer and sunscreen, but make sure that it's light. And remember that you still have to reapply that every two hours as well. So remember, everyone needs sunscreen. 
You know, it's a common misconception that people with dark skin can't burn. But as we said, melanin can't block out all UV rays. So protect that beautiful melanated skin. (laughs) You know, I grew up with this misconception that, you know, if you're black, you can't burn. Um, But it took getting sunburned twice in college before I finally started using sunscreen. So don't make the same mistake that I did or don't have your kids make the same mistake that I did. Really, everyone should be using sunscreen. Right? We're both people of color, and I totally grew up thinking that sunburns weren't something we needed to worry about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, you know, the important caveat is that experts generally discourage using sunscreen for babies under six months. But if other forms of sun protection aren't available, then go ahead and apply just a small amount to the most sensitive body parts, like the face, but staying away from the eyes and mouth. So that's a great segue for mentioning that skin protection from the sun isn't only about sunscreen. So here are some things along with a sunscreen that you can do for yourself or to certainly keep in mind for your baby under six months if you're not using sunscreen for your baby. First, find a shady area. I know that's really hard to do if you're at the beach and everything mm-hmm. is wide open, but can you you know, kind of think ahead and bring an umbrella with you? Um, or if you're outside in a park sitting under a tree or some other shady area. Second, avoid prolonged time in direct sunlight especially when the sun's rays are the strongest, which is usually from about 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. Also, dress in lightweight, long sleeves, especially for babies. You know, ideally clothing that has skin protection. So look for clothing with a UPF label, which stands for ultraviolet protection factor. Though the clothing then will actively protect you against the sun. Also wear a hat with a wide brim so that your face is shaded. We know that our faces tend to be some of the most sensitive areas of our skin when it comes to being sunburned. And don't forget about your eyes. You know, look for sunglasses with both UVA and UVB protection. And the best sunglasses to protect you against the sun are those that wrap around so that your eyes are covered from different angles and not just the front. So what if you or your child does get a sunburn? Well, if that happens, experts recommend the following. First, apply cool water to the burn to soothe the pain. Uh, You can use a towel that you've dampened with cool water. Then apply a moisturizer with aloe vera. If you don't have an aloe moisturizer, any moisturizer you have at home is better than none at all. Then increase your hydration. Drink that water because damaged skin loses water. You can take over-the-counter painkillers like ibuprofen or acetaminophen if necessary. And fight the temptation to pick at those blisters. Don't peel them off because they're your body's way of reducing the risk of infection. And for kids under one, you call your child's doctor, especially if there's any pain or blistering, as these may be signs of a deeper second degree burn. You'll want to get that checked out as quickly as possible. That's right. And now let's move from sun to talking about bugs. (laughs) Ugh, no, not the cicadas again. (laughs) Ha, no. Thankfully, we won't have to dodge piles of dead cicadas on the sidewalk for another 17 years. You know, for our listeners, Laundry and I both live in the greater Washington, D.C. area. And this region was inundated with a specific mm-hmm. brood of cicadas this year. And at first it was kind of interesting. Then it became kind of gross. <laughs> but at least they left humans alone. You know what I mean? Let's talk mm-hmm. about those insects that don't leave us alone, that do love to bite in the summer. Mm-hmm. So we've all experienced insect bites. And if you haven't, please go buy a lottery ticket because you have amazing <laughs> luck. 
But depending on where you live, those insects biting you while you're outside could be mosquitoes, chiggers, gnats, fire ants. Yeah, okay, I'm getting itchy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason that they make us so itchy is that when an insect, especially a mosquito, bites you, it leaves a little saliva in the area where it bites and sucks your blood. And your immune system reacts to that saliva to try to get rid of it. But the secondary effect of those cells is itching, swelling, and redness. Okay, um, moving on from insect saliva. You, you don't want to keep talking about insect <laughs> saliva? I don't... Call me crazy. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> so, yeah, so typical insect bites can be really bothersome, but you know, they're temporary. What's really important is preventing more serious illnesses that insects can carry, like West Nile virus, Zika, and Lyme disease. You know, what we all want to know is what are the best ways to protect ourselves against these deadly illnesses and these mosquitoes? So just like with sun protection, the key is to plan ahead. So first use insect repellent. DEET is still the gold standard ingredient for insect repellents. It's highly effective. People sometimes wonder about its safety, but multiple studies have shown that DEET is safe when used as directed, even with kids. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, has determined that DEET is safe for all ages. And even with a spray, DEET doesn't stay out in the, in the environment for long before it gets broken down by microorganisms in water or broken down by the sun or other chemicals in the air. And repellents come with different concentrations of DEET, so you want to choose a concentration based on how much time you usually spend in an environment where you may be bitten. So generally speaking, applying a spray with 10% DEET will give you about two hours of bite-free time. 20% is about five hours. Beyond 50% DEET is not really advisable because you don't get any added protection. So aim for 10 to 50% for an adult, but only 10 to 30% for kids, and reapply as often as is recommended on the bottle that you buy. Great. So picaridin is another effective ingredient that you'll find in some insect repellents. It's a synthetic compound, but interestingly, it's created to model a compound found in the black pepper plant. So look for products with 20% picaridin. Less than that is not really going to be effective. Um, it's considered safe for kids down to 12, two months old, so that's an advantage. But just be careful about not spraying it into anyone's eyes or mouth. Along with DEET and picaridin, oil of lemon eucalyptus is another option that works as a bug repellent. It's a refined version of an oil found naturally in gum eucalyptus trees. But remember that the word natural doesn't always mean safe for everyone. The FDA advises against oil of lemon eucalyptus for kids under three years, although older children and pregnant women can use it. So aside from those three ingredients, you'll find insect repellents with other active ingredients marketed as natural, you know, using various essential oils usually. So they might smell great, but don't waste your money. You know, they usually fail after 30 minutes or so. Also, sprays like those with DEET, picaridin, or oil of lemon eucalyptus last longer than the cream or wipe version of those, of those chemicals. Also, avoid the combination sunscreen repellent products. You know, it sounds really convenient to have sunscreen and insect repellent together in, you know, one tube or one spray. But remember that sunscreen has to be reapplied every two hours, which would cause you to be overexposed to the repellent product in that combination. 
A few other tips about avoiding bug bites when outdoors. So spray insect repellent only on skin that's uncovered and spray it on top of clothing. Don't spray it on skin that's covered by clothing. Next, don't forget about your face. Mosquitoes are thought to be attracted to heat and our heads are one of the warmest parts of our bodies. That's why sometimes you feel like you're just constantly swatting them away from your eyes. <laughs> but rather than spraying repellent directly on your face, spray some on your hands and then rub it into your face, avoiding your eyes and mouth. And you could do the same for kids, but avoid spraying their hands since little ones in particular love to put those hands in their mouths. And then use just enough to cover the skin and clothes. Using extra doesn't make bug repellent any more effective and it could cause skin ir irritation. If possible, wear closed shoes, loose-fitting clothes, and tuck your pants into your socks or shoes because mosquitoes can bite through tight-fitting clothing. Always wash off the insect repellent with soap and water when you're back inside and wash the clothes that you sprayed as well. Final caveat about insect repellents, Remember that they repel bugs that bite, like mosquitoes and ticks. They don't repel insects that sting, such as bees or wasps. Mm-hmm. And if after all that, if you or your child gets an insect bite, what do you do? You know, I actually see a lot of parents who bring their kids into our office because, you know, these bites can get pretty inflamed and pretty itchy. I'm even like scratching right now as we're talking about them. <laughs> you know, so here's what the CDC recommends if you get a bug bite. Um, so first, wash the area with soap and water, um, and then you, you can apply an ice pack for 10 minutes to reduce the swelling and itching. You can also apply a mixture of baking soda and water, which can help to reduce the itching. To do that, you just mix one tablespoon of baking soda with just enough water to create a paste, and then apply that paste to the mosquito bite. You don't keep it on for long, just about 10 minutes, and then wash off the paste. Also, use an over-the-counter anti-itch or antihistamine cream to relieve the itching. You know, just follow the directions on the label as to, you know, how often to reapply it. And we'll link to resources on treating sunburns and insect bites in the show notes. Also, to a really great guide on how to choose a sunscreen. All of that will be on our website at Hippocratichost.com. And that brings us to our Physician Mom Hack of the Week. <laughs> All right, so our hack this week has to do with treating insect bites at home. So I mentioned, you know, some different ways that the CDC recommends that you can treat bites. But what if you don't have any anti-itch or antihistamine cream? Because that's what really is going to last you, you know, as you're applying that. So let's say you don't have any at home. Well, no worries. We, what you can do is treat that bug bite with items that you probably already have in your kitchen or in your home office. So we have two really cool hacks for you to think about. One is applying a tea bag that you soaked in cool water. Um, this is really great, especially with green tea or with chamomile. Soak it in cool water and then apply that tea bag to the bug bite for 10 minutes or so. That the coolness first will help with some of the itching, but then also the actual tea leaves can help with the inflammation. The second hack is scotch tape, believe it or not. <laughs> so take a little bit of scotch tape and put that over the bite. So what that does is to remind you or your kids not to scratch that bug bite. The more you scratch, the more inflamed it gets, and the more likely you are to open up the skin and cause an infection. 
But if you have tape over it, you don't, you won't do that kind of like mindless scratching that we sometimes do with bug bites or at nighttime when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. you know, you will be able to reach it and scratch at it. Um, you may even need like duct tape if you <laughs> find yourself getting under that scotch tape, but just some way to keep it covered so that you don't accidentally scratch it and make it even more inflamed. So even if you do have the anti-itch creams at home, you can still use these tips in conjunction with um, with the anti-itch or antihistamine cream. So that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We're always thrilled to have you along. Please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest at Hippocratic Hosts. And we would love you to subscribe to the show. Remember that subscribing is free and it alerts you whenever we release new episodes. So you don't have to go searching for them. They come right to your phone (laughs) or device. Subscribing is really easy. All you have to do is press the subscribe button in whatever podcast platform you're using. And we would love it if you would review us in Apple Podcasts. If you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend about the podcast. Thanks, everyone. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers. And all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice, nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.